So many technical difficulties before we get recorded. Sorry, folks. Let's dial it back in. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, and Brandon. Cutting you off. Now, boys, today we are going to give you guys our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night main event as Mackenzie Dern takes on Jan Shownow. Then we have one of our classic games mm-hmm. that we love to play since there's no fights this week to recap. We got a little tap or cap on tap for you guys. Mm-hmm. Then we will hit you with all the news and happenings, headlines, everything from this week in MMA and beyond. And then we will finish with a little bit of our day two ADCC recap from last week. But first... Episode 98, boys, starting us off a little rough today. That was, <laughs> that was, that was a doozy before, uh, before we started recording here. Brandon was just not, not, not picking up. Microphone yeah. didn't want to uh, work. Nothing wanted to work for us. Slightly an omen. We don't know for sure. And yeah. yeah, and sometimes you just have to hit Control-Alt-Delete, in-task, 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 yeah. and just reset the mixer and everything works again. Sometimes you pull out the Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to blow on that disc, you know? <laughs> Um, that does not bode well for future episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say, hopefully this isn't <laughs> foreshadowing like episode 100. <laughs> yeah, if we're if we're to the point now where we just turn the thing on and turn it off and then it works again. <laughs> so I don't know what that means for the future of this podcast. <laughs> hopefully not going back to right. Zoom, boys. Uh, yeah, how are we doing uh, this week? No, no UFC fights to mm-hmm. talk about. Um, but nonetheless, it was nice to have a little break. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that we had like a weird beginning of the year run, and then they were off for a couple of weeks, and then we just got off like a seven or eight week in a row. Yeah. So, I mean, getting a couple, getting a little bit of rest and being able to kind of recharge for some big pay-per-views coming up is, is mm-hmm. nice. A lot of big pay-per-views coming up. Um, before we get into our picks and predictions for this Saturday, do want to announce that next week, our very own Heisam Rita. Let's go. Our boy. We'll be on to talk about his ADCC uh, debut performance, uh, talk about things that went good, things that maybe went wrong, everything in between. We cannot wait to talk to him next week. Um, so, yeah, come back next week um, for that. Because little giraffe love. Little gir- giraffe coming in. We can't wait for it. Uh, so he will be on next week. And, yeah, we're, we're pumped, like I said, to talk to him. But before we get into this episode, John, mm-hmm. let the people know, what we need them to do for us each and every week. All righty. All of my Apple podcast people, I need you to go in, give us five stars and a review. It helps push us into algorithms and helps us out a lot to get into people's suggested. Um, if you have Spotify, you can rate us five stars as well. Um, also on our social medias, you know, our Neon Belly podcast, Insta- or, um, yeah, Instagram and TikTok. We're posting content. Um, we're getting some interactions from people. So if you have something you want to argue with people about, pretty sure you can go there and do it. 
Um, and we embraced the... the was it, wasn't there a good argument on TikTok or something? Yeah. Uh, it was about the <laughs> what's next for um, Bantamweight. And yeah. uh, people had some really strong opinions. I love so, it. I love as, it. And as MMA fans, we know we all like to argue that stuff. So I love it. Come into those. You know, have good arguments. If you guys get weird, we'll delete you. But, yeah. <laughs> Show us some love. Yeah. Somebody asking for more lower camera angles on Brandon from the waist. I don't know what they were looking for mm. there. Mm, I don't know either. Cannot confirm or deny boys this Saturday night at the UFC Apex 7 p.m. start time for our main card. The main event in the women's strawweight division. Number five, Mackenzie Dern versus number six, Jan Xiaonan. Boys, Mackenzie Dern coming into this fight off her very close split decision victory over Tisha Torres back in April. This will be her second main event in the UFC, and she is a winner of five of her last six fights. And as a former ADCC champion, no surprise that seven of her 12 professional victories are by submission. Her opponent, Yan Xiaonan, coming into her first UFC main event um, and is on a really tough two-fight losing streak with losses. Her last two losses being to current champ Carla Esparza and most recently number three ranked Marina Rodriguez. Uh, matter of fact, both of these ladies share recent losses to Marina Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, but it is important to remember before those two losses for Shaunaun, she was on a 14-fight win streak in her career. Um, so, man, a, like a win for her is really important uh, here this weekend because if she were to fall to three straight losses, it would be a long road back before she gets another sniff like this at a title shot because despite losing two, you know, she's still fighting Mackenzie Dern still at the top of the division. Um, and, I mean, a win is ob obviously important for Dern, too, for both mm -hmm. ladies. Um, you know, we obviously have the women's strawweight title fight with Carla Esparza and Zhang Wei Li coming up in November. But we also have Amanda Limoges versus Marina Rodriguez coming, too. And winner of that would have some say in a title shot, especially if Rodriguez were to win, who, as we mentioned, holds victories, recent victories over both of these ladies. Um, so a potential future title shot could be on the line this Saturday boys mm -hmm. your thoughts we can start with john and if you want roll it into your pick daddy all righty i think what's interesting about this is this would be both of their biggest win um their biggest statement win in my opinion um <clears throat> and for dern you know we're looking for the advancement in her striking game or or even takedown she doesn't have i mean she has a nine percent takedown accuracy sure. So that's not part. That's not the biggest part of her game, but it could be the biggest X factor. Could she add it? Yeah. Um, and we already know she's tough. She has a chin. She has heart. She'll stay in there and throw. And she's always dangerous. And then for Jan, I think you see, um, you know, you want to see her get back to that fourteen streak type of run she was on and what she was bringing there. Yeah. I think what's interesting about Dern is when she fights strikers that she can't get down using her limited wrestling, it is a tougher fight. And it, you do get like a split decision with Tisa Torres type. And Jan can bring that. Yeah. Um, I do think what's interesting is Jan does have 66% takedown accuracy. She does attempt them. So if she does attempt a takedown, is it even helping her in that situation with Dern being so strong off her back? Mm -hmm. I actually really like Mackenzie Dern here. I'm going to go Mackenzie Dern, uh, third-round sub. I think I'm going to stick. If she wins, that's how she does it. Yeah, so I thought this was kind of a weird matchup for me. Um, I mean, I guess on some level I understand it because I don't know what else you could have really done with these two, but it yeah. just seemed really odd um, with Mackenzie coming off of the, the recent victories, especially the one over um, Tisha Torres. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a split decision, but she looked good there. That I'll never forget that kind of flying Kimura she hit off the cage. Yeah. Like, she was really impressive. That was tight um, for a minute. Yeah, mm -hmm. and... Uh, 
but then forgot like, like it just I don't know man it just seemed like a little bit of a mismatch just in terms of the rankings and what we've seen as of late so for me I expect McKenzie to really want to put on a statement here and show that she deserves to be at that top top discussion for the title um and then yeah for Yon, it's just more of kind of proving like that 14 fight win streak sure. that's where she really was and I don't know the last two the the loss to Carlos Sparza, right, was a rough one. It was yeah. a TKO loss. So if McKenzie gets you on the ground, that's not going to be any picnic either. So um, I'm going to roll with McKenzie Dern here. I'm going to go with – I think she's going to try to get it done quick. I'm going to go with first-round sub for McKenzie. Okay, so this is fun because I'm actually going Jan <laughs> Shao Noun. Uh, and I do agree that I think if McKenzie's going to do this, it's going to have to be early. Mm-hmm. Um I know that Jan's lost her last two fights, like we've just discussed. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when you look at who those opponent opponents were, I think it adds and tells a little bit more to the story. You know, Carlos Barza took her down and just stapled her to the mat, um, and and then ended up TKOing her. Uh, but Mackenzie Dern does not have the takedown abilities of a Carla Sparza. Right. Um, and I, I do understand she holds a significant ground advantage, but we haven't really seen Dern with that finishing takedown ability. Um, Dern, and then you look at the um, the Marina Rodriguez fight, you know, uh, Marina, I kind of thought Jan won that fight. I went back and watched it just yesterday. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jan did enough to win that fight, but she didn't. So if you look at it, um, you know, she just got outpointed by probably the best tie striker in the women's strawweight division. It is what it is, right? And we obviously know Dern striking isn't on the level of Rodriguez's yet. Right. At least what we've seen so far from Dern, who does continue to elevate every time she's in the cage, especially in that stand-up department. Um, but obviously, like, you know, I do think Dern, like I said, couldn't can submit her at any point. But unless she comes in and has introduced those takedown abilities, like I said, I think she's really going to struggle here with Jan. Uh, Dern striking, though it's improved, and, and it did improve from the Marina fight, which was like pretty rough to watch, go back. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, to the Tisha fight, it did have a big jump there. You know, in that Marina fight, she was literally just like running at Marina at times with her hands out trying to grab Head her. Down, just, yeah. yeah. And in that last fight with Tisha, she did a much better job of using her punches to come in, close the distance, and look to initiate the grappling with uh, collar ties, which usually that's where she tries to get takedowns, you know, with the collar tie, whether it's, you know, jumping guard, like Brandon said, on the cage, or trying to, you know, drop down for a, a single. But uh, Jan has just really good footwork, fantastic counter striker. And I also think as the fight goes on, uh, and as Dern gets tired, she starts to make more mistakes, and her technique tends to fade a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, saw that in the Marina fight. Um, but, you know, Dern has never been finished in her MMA career, but I think Jan Shaunown becomes the first to do it this Saturday. So give me Shaunown via fourth round TKO. Mm. I think she's just going to stay in there long enough to tire her out and finish her. Because like I said, man, in McKenzie's last main event, I mean, she's she's got she is a dog. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But man, she just faded hard, pretty hard. And then, like I said, she gets really sloppy. Mm-hmm. It's like she just wants to grapple, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. we've talked about that with grapplers. Like, they can grapple all day long, even when they're tired. So, right. and I just think, you know, you go back and watch the Marina fight, man, like, 
I just still think Jan won that fight. I don't know. Yeah, I remember feeling that way. And I think, you know, both of them are going to have to be on their A game because if one of them lets the other start implementing that, it could be a long night for sure. If if Dern sure. can get on top of her early and start wearing her down, yeah. that could be a problem. And if Jan can stay away, be, yeah. use the footwork, keep circling and not be there to catch a sloppy punch or yeah. a bad takedown attempt, it could be a long night for Dern as well. And, and like I had kind of talked to John earlier in the week about this fight is I don't think Dern, she doesn't always get the credit that she deserves. I mean, for the leaps that she does make every time she's in the cage, she's constantly getting better. And like I told you, you know, in this world where we do see a lot of female fighters who are very attractive women, and sometimes they can lean more into that than to improving every time. Like, you know, we've talked about with like a Paige Van Zant or a Joanna who got kind of stale there at the end of her career. Like that stuff can become a distraction. And I think Dern has done a fantastic job of like, utilizing those opportunities but also every time she's in there she's getting better mm-hmm. and i think she deserves a ton of credit for that right really really good team as well yeah 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 with jason perillo mm-hmm. and she's in the right gym you know a guy like him you know he's going to be able to help elevate her just like we've seen every time were you gonna say something no i just thought that was a little pro- provocative i was i liked it your little, your little statement there oh yeah no i just i just think she just maybe you know she could take any opportunity she wants you know what i mean and like i'm sure she does to some extent but she gets better every time she's mm-hmm. in the cage. You you're know what saying, I mean? You're saying she's not distracted. No, she mm-hmm. wants yeah. to be a world. I genuinely look at Mackenzie Dern and think she wants to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's proved and she proves it every time she's in there because you don't make those kind of you don't go watch the. I'm telling you guys, go watch that Marina Rodriguez fight and then watch the Tisha Torres. If watch those fights back to back, the evolution is crazy. You think any of that has to do with the difference between Marina Rodriguez and Tisha Torres? Tisha's so small. They're different fighters for sure. Yeah, Tisha's yeah. really fast too, though. Her hands are. Yeah are really fast in the fight before that she looked re- like almost like oh she could be a contender so well it, the thing is i think even when you listen to jason perillo's coaching in that marina rodriguez fight I think it was in between like the fourth or fifth round. He was like, I think him as a coach had, he had kind of accepted defeat and realized that she just wasn't up to snuff kind of. Cause he told her like, just run in and try to, like, he was telling her just run and try to grab her. He's like, you're getting hit anyway. So we got to get her down. Like we have mm-hmm. to finish, you know? And it's like, so when your coach is basically at that point where it's like, yeah, there's nothing more I can really tell you to do here. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? But then that Tisha fight, she was in the fight mm-hmm. the whole time. You know, like I said, everything, but We'll see over five rounds, and that's why I'm kind of giving Jan a little bit of an edge here. Um, you know, Jan Shanown with Team Alpha Male, you know, she's with an awesome team as well right. for her and what she wants to do in her game. Um, so, and she's well-rounded, man. I, I really think this is a good good fight, and for one of these ladies, they're going to have to make a statement as well because, like mm-hmm. I said, if, if Marina Rodriguez were to win, you know, she's probably going to get – in front of one of these two, no matter what, because recent wins, it just makes sense. But, you know, if Amanda Limoges were to beat Marina, one of these, if one of these look, Ladies look really good. I mean, mm-hmm. bang on for a title shot. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And for a, a card that's, that, you know, as we're going to talk about, is a little bit light, definitely encourage people to watch this one because this is a, a really, really good fight between two really, really good fighters. Oh, yeah. Yes, and then also in the co-main event, we have Randy Brown putting his three-fight win streak on the line against Francisco Trinaldo, who respectively is on a two-fight win streak himself. Um, that's There's really not any bigger fights on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love Randy Brown, man. He's fun. That last fight against, against Chaos. Chaos. That was a close one, too, man. Yeah. Really close And Trinaldo, I mean, he's beat our boy uh, Wavy Davey. He's beat some really good like strikers, and that's kind of what Randy brings. So, Trinaldo's a bit older, isn't he? Oh yeah, 
He is 44. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, I think he's, he's one of the oldest active fighters, mm-hmm. I think. But he's a really, really good, um, just tough guy. And he has good takedowns. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Randy can stay away from that. Uh, you also have Yusef on this. He got he didn't get the yeah, rematch he got a, he got a new, or the rebook. Yeah, he got a new opponent. Um, I'm not really familiar. The guy doesn't even have a picture. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm tough. I'm trying to pull up. Yeah, I can't find it. Oh, well. Boys, that is it. Do you guys have any other fights that you want to mention? No. That is all. All right. I was trying to pull up a song because I want to play a beat for Tapper Cap because we're going to move right into that. But I think I took it off of here, and I don't want to. What are you doing? Nope. That's nope. Oh, the one that we used for the yeah, draft last time. Yeah, I hate when it's just like empty, dead silence. Mm. But I don't have – I was trying to find – Maybe like, you can beatbox. No, I was going to try to find one of your emails, but I – uh, that you've sent some in, but I didn't have them to like play it through mm. here. Unless you mm. have any on your phone, I mean, you can Bluetooth to the Roadcaster. I mm. I do, but I don't know if it'll loop. Pressure's on. Pressure is on. If it sucks, Brandon, while John's looking, can you grab the dry erase boards? Oh, we yeah. are going to play a little game that we like to call Tap or Cap. And if you're new to the podcast, what this game is is I'm going to read off um, fight results. So these are uh, actual fights that have happened. The person that I'm reading actually did win the fight, but I'm going to read every fight result as a submission finish. Might have a problem. What we got? Mm. No marker? Well, no lid, and it's very dried uh, out. <laughs> well, that would have been one of your guys' irresponsible faults because you were the only two that use it. So one of you guys didn't put it back on. Who was it? Probably Brandon. Mm. Mm, that's easy. No evidence to support your claim, but okay. Brandon, can you slide back into camera, please? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Okay, so Roadcaster isn't popping up on my Bluetooth option, so. Try now. All right. Um, there you go. I don't know. We might have to share markers here. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> That's fine. We can share if we need to. Uh, so I'm going to read the results, and then it is going to be up to these guys to tell me if, yes, this fight ended in a tap, the submission that I'm saying, or if I'm tapping which means I'm lying. Not pulling up. Is either one of those it? No, it would just say Roadcaster. Okay, so, sorry. It's all right. It's all right. We'll make do. Boys, are you ready? So, we're going to share markers, right? Yeah. Because yep. somebody ruined my other one. It I'll take the blame. Yeah, it was definitely. Somebody blame. couldn't, like, three-year-old over here couldn't put a cap. I'm yeah. actually leaning towards John. That definitely Tap sounds like no a John. Cap. That definitely sounds like a John. Yeah, I do remember the grill conversation about no. your grill that you don't clean. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, yeah, he left out all winter and had to spend four hours scraping or something. <laughs> Just how it works when you steal, but you guys don't know nothing about that. Amateurs. Boys, are you ready yeah. for Tapper Cap? The first one we have here, Matt Hughes defeats Ricardo Almeida via front headlock at UFC 117. Is that a mm. tap or a crap? Hold on, I gotta put my microphone down. Why is this? So we can write. <laughs> oh well, don't let Brandon see. He's a cheater and a two timer. I still, yeah. Well, I still lose sometimes. So <laughs> clearly, doesn't help. Uh, that is true. <laughs> John had has had locked been, in his answer. Had to make sure this bad boy ain't see through. Can you see through that? No, no, okay. you're good. Let's flip them and hold them up. Brandon says cap. John says cap. Both of y'all are wrong. Ooh. It was a tap. Mm. Matthews defeating Ricardo Almeida by front headlock. That dude just has a thing for tapping out really good jujitsu guys. Huh? Just so I don't make sure I'm understanding, the, I'm not forgetting the rules. The cap, <laughs> ta- tap is if, he, t- if they do tap, cap is obviously the opposite. It's a lie. Okay. Yeah, it means do you, I'm lying. You need to start using the word cap more often. In cap? 
Yeah. Why? It means like lying. Like you should start using that on oh, okay. your that job and stuff. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like that, John. Call him out. You should call him out. And your kid too. Like when he's like, I didn't do that yet. Cap. <laughs> Cap. Cap. Mm. Boys, the next result, Charles Oliveira becomes the first fighter in the UFC to win via calf slicer against Eric Wisely at UFC on Fox 2. Is that a tap or a cap? Oh, Brandon, quick to the board. Feeling good. Mm-hmm. Found a little music. I just clicked royalty free on YouTube. We'll see what happens. Let's flip them. What do we got? Brandon says tap. John says cap. Brandon got it right. That's right. It was a tap. That means Brandon taking a 1-0 lead. I shouldn't remember it being on Fox, I guess. Mm. That's what that's what that's a detail that got me. Definitely remember it happening very specifically. <laughs> Boys, our next result, Frank Mir. Or we like to call him what, John? Right. Hey, Frank Murr. Frank Murr <laughs> defeats Mirko Krokop via knee bar at UFC 119. Tap or cap? Mirko Krokop. Frank Mir. Frank Mir winning by knee bar. UFC 119. Tap or cap? Brandon. Oh, both locked him in quick. What do we got? Tap for Brandon. Cap for John. John's back in it. Oh, yes. This point, him. if I just stay on cap, I'll at least get some points. So. He knocked him out with a <laughs> <laughs> knocked him out with a knee. That was in Indianapolis, Indiana. That Ooh. fight. Little. Mm. I think it was the last one of two cards that's ever. Yeah, I think been. it was the last UFC in Indianapolis. So thanks, Frank Murr. <laughs> yeah, keeping it in the heavyweight division, boys. In his last MMA bout of his career, Josh Barnett defeated Andre Arlovsky via rear naked choke. Is that a tap or am I capping? John's thinking. Mm. John, John, the eyes just went left, right, left, right real fast for John. <laughs> I don't I don't like the, the woods vi- burning. Yeah, I don't I don't like the visuals on John's face. Let's see, is it a tap or cap? Josh Barnett over Andre Arlovsky. John says cap. Brand or tap. Brandon says cap. John got it. Ooh. Brandon, our residential not, Josh Barnett fan. Yeah, I, I was not sure on that one. I was guessing. John taking a two-one lead, boys. Get nervous. Four more. Not at all. There's plenty of time here. Get nervous. We got two more, boys. Back in 2019, in the in his last win of his MMA career, Uriah Faber defeated our boy Ricky Simone via guillotine. Is that a tap or a cap? Couldn't believe your eye favor beat Ricky Simone when I was looking at this. Very shocking. The question was, did he tap him or am I capping? Brandon says cap. John says tap. The winner is Brandon, yeah. who's coming right back. He TKO'd it. Was it the same card when uh was it when Co- it was either when Cody beat I don't know Cruz or when uh, Rousey beat or lost to Nunez? I think it was that one. You maybe. might be right. There it is. We got two two boys. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought I made this one a little bit easier. Um, so this is interesting. I'm liking this. Three left. Three left. Mm. And our next one is at UFC 134, Anderson the Spider Silva defeated Yushin Thunder Okami via second round triangle choke tap or cap. John is our residential Anderson Spider Silva fan with me, along with me. Let's see if he got it. Brandon says tap. John said cap. John, understanding the assignment, gets it right. <laughs> big C. Big C, yeah. Big. He said I was big capping. How do you beat him? TKO uh, in the second round. Uh, so, John, taking a 3-2 lead, but I think Brandon, 
I got faith in Brandon in these next two, especially mm. the last one. Mm. I threw a spider silva for John. The last one's for Brandon. But before we get to the last one, boys, at UFC 76, Forrest Griffin defeats Shogun Hua via third round rear naked choke. Tapper cap. Oh, John puts the microphone down immediately and goes straight to the board. Confidence is there. I love the commentary. Brandon with a little awkward smile, like he's not sure, but he's writing his answer anyway. Oh, I know quick. The okay. Tap. <laughs> Brandon goes tap. John goes cap. Brandon yeah. tying this thing back I mean, up. That was one of my videos. Three. That um, for twelve days of the celebration from that was like one of the most iconic. You know, you see that where he just gets up and he's just like, ah, <laughs> you know, like one of the most iconic UFC celebrations. That's all right though, John. It's a tough one. And the last one, John, you were on the ropes here with this one. What's and it's the score? Three three. It's three three. Ooh. So this determines we're it. Tied. Uh, we might end in a tie here. Like the Colts. Uh, like the Colts. John is a tire. Also, real quick, you noticed John last week, no Notre Dame, no Colts gear. Notre Dame wins yesterday. And Back was, in yeah, the Notre no Dame Colts gear. gear. Yeah. Notre Dame, though. I was, in Notre, I was in Notre Dame, baby. But you see me. Yeah, still repping the Bears. Still no, loyal. Doesn't matter how bad we lose, baby. Loyal. I'm in here every Sunday. Know that. Boys, this last one. John, you're down bad on this. I'm not going to lie. We're going to test Drainon's <laughs> fandom here. Finally. We're going way back. Kazushi Sakuraba defeats. Oh, Brandon. Oh, I feel like I know what you're about to ask. Jeez, can I, can I guess? Can I guess <laughs> no. real quick? Hold Wait, on. Wait, can I say what I think it is? No, because John has to guess. Okay. John, jeez. Wait, can I guess what the fight is? No. Okay. Brandon going straight to the board really like excited, this is freaking uh, Jeopardy or something like that. <laughs> jeez. <laughs> lock it up. <laughs> yeah, lock it up. No, you lock it up. <laughs> Kazushi Sakuraba defeats Ken Shamrock via armbar at Pride 30. Okay, no, it's not what I Is not the fight I thought it tap was. Tap or cap. Brandon's confidence faded right there as soon as I read that bit, result. A little bit. <laughs> the, the confidence dropped as soon as I read that result. Kazushi Sakuraba defeats Ken Shamrock via armbar at Pride. I thought 30. you were gonna ask about the when he fought Rampage. No. I was thinking about that fight today. I love it. I love that you even think like that. Yeah. John's really thinking here. Oh, you ready? Yeah, ready? Oh, you wrote it down. I apologize. We're no, talking good. there. Just 50 50 guess, man. You gotta. Boys, did Kazushi Sakuraba defeat Ken Shamrock via armbar? John says cap. Brandon says tap. Our winner. Congratulations to John. Yeah. Riding the cap, baby. John wins it. One of us is a real fan of somebody. Okay. The other one is not. That's I all love, I'm saying. I absolutely love it. I love it. Yeah, that was a tough one. He TKO'd him. TKO man, man, my my head, my heart was set on the rampage. I was I was thinking about it today when you said you're doing this game. I was like, oh, what if cool he does rampage? Doing him when he knee barred rampage, that was really cool. But I love um, it, boys. That's probably one of my favorite games. That we oh yeah, this podcast. I'm glad you found some music though, because that could have been I know a I, little bit worse. Guys, it's been so. Not making excuses, but this would have been a week where I probably should have just sat this episode out. Um, so everything was like really last minute. I and I was telling Brandon completely forgot that we had to re recap ADCC. So I was up to like two a.m. last night <laughs> working on the episode and stuff, and just completely spaced the music. But that is okay because now it is time to get it to the news. Yeah, yeah. Going on the news. Uh huh. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right. Real quick, should have said this off top, but we are going to get into the ADCC at the end like we did last week. Mm -hmm. So stick um, around. Stick around. Should have said that. All righty. We got a big heap of news, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, Bellator fighting in, was it Ireland, I believe it was? Ireland. Yeah. So we had Benson Henderson getting a dominant decision win over Peter Qualley. Quilly, yeah. Quilly. 
um, I think he got pointed early in the fight. Yeah. Did end up hitting one of those weird, like, off-the-ground capoeira kicks, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see him get back into the winners. <sighs> yeah, no kidding. And then the biggest performance, Yoel Romero knocking <laughs> out <laughs> Melvin Manhoff in the third round. Ironically, where eight of Yoel's 15 knockouts happen. Man. Uh, afterwards, Melvin retires and Yoel barks and demands a title shot. Golly, dude. Those I mean, elbows were... Just oof. disgusting, dude. I mean... How that guy is still, he's like, what, 46? Something mm, like that? I don't know, that? something like that. He's Golly, in his mid-40s. dude, it's just insane. Yeah, I you, don't. You really do start to think with him, like, you know, I think it was Joe Rogan's talked about before with the, you know, the Cuban stuff where they were, like, kind of experimenting on athletes and stuff, potentially. And Super it's like, soldier, dude. Golly, man, like, you look at him, and it's like, if there was ever a case for that, you know, like, last week I'm going in on people who always are about the conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. but, like... Here you are here talking I about yeah. Cuban super soldiers. I mean, dude, if there was ever a case for it, he's <laughs> he's specimen number one. Yeah. That bark was very intimidating. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys seen our video, but yeah. go to our Instagram or TikTok, and you'll see a really funny we put together. Um, moving on, we have some good fight announcements. Shamil Abdurakhmanov. Abdurahimov. Abdurahimov fighting Jelton Almeida <laughs> at heavyweight at UFC 280. Jelton Almeida, man, I he is one of those guys where it's like I just wit I mean, I get I get it, the weight cut thing is tough, but I think until MMA crosses into a sport where people are fighting more at their natural weight. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see if he could cut to two. I mean, he's kind of bounced back and forth, but man, I think he's a big player. Yeah, he's at a minute. Two hundred five. I mean, he's yeah. He can he can shake it up at heavyweight. I just think when he gets to the top there, it's going to be really tough for mm-hmm. him. As opposed to where if he was just going on a run at two hundred five, I think he's a legit player. Yeah, I, and I don't think he'd necessarily be as bad as some of maybe the lighter guys. But when you get to those heavy guys, it gets a little bit harder to get yeah. those takedowns. You get sprawled on. Now you got Francis raining down on you. You don't want that. No, right. That's not good. Um, also, we have Daniel Rodriguez and Neil Magny, UFC two sixty or UFC Vegas sixty two. Um, hype to see Daniel yeah. Rodriguez get back into it, and Neil Magny is obviously one of the tougher guys. Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak, UFC Vegas sixty five, <sighs> could be last one from one of my heart boy Lewis's, but yeah, that's a big one. Um, for Sergey, that's a huge fight for him. Yeah, you know, I think that I, type of a name. I actually think. Um, shout out to whoever's listening from the UFC. I think I called that one. I think I said I wanted to see that. Yeah. On one of our that. last. So sure. we, we see you, Hunter Campbell. Yeah, I'm sure that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Seen the follow. Ghost follow. <laughs> yeah. uh, we know your ghost account, dude. All right. Probably <laughs> my favorite fight announcement coming up is Joaquin Buckley and Chris Curtis. Yeah, at that's UFC a fun 282. One. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, and just the, those guys' personality and the way they fight, that one's going to be great. For sure. Uh, we also have Nate Diaz saying he only wants to fight Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Um, and that's it. Really didn't like those shoes, man. No, <laughs> that's just a that's like one of those celebrity death match fights. Like, remember the MTV show? Oh, yeah, well, that was a good show. I think that was that, a good show. It was like that. But you also have Scott Coker in talks with Nate. I imagine Nate has, getting calls from everybody right now. Um, yeah, just being such a big prospect as far as having that draw, and anybody wants that to them. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I'm not gonna lie. You know, with with Scott Coker confirming that they are in in you know deep talks with Nate because. I just, I don't know, I kind of got the impression when Nate walked away that if he was going to fight again, it wasn't going to be an MMA, right? He kind of talked about, I'm going to go take over another sport, and then I'm going to come back. Um, whereas I feel like if he goes to Bellator, not saying that he couldn't come back, you know, especially if he went over there and won a belt, but 
I mean, I'm sure he's going to entertain everything, right? Money talks at the end of the day. I get that. So, but I really had the feeling that Nate's next move was going to be in mm -hmm. boxing, competitive jujitsu, kickboxing, you know, something, something other than MMA, just because that's what he made it seem like he wanted to do. Right. I feel like boxing's his best avenue. I would love to see those. it. Even jujitsu. I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, not, I'm not saying, you know, he can go compete in like EBI or ADCC, but I mean, throw him in. I mean, we've seen, you know, look at, uh, um, uh, Philly Fresh, what's his name? Uh, Phil Rowe. Phil Rowe. You know, he, he gets WNO matches. And well, what's the UFC's? Don't they have a little grappling thing they put on? Clay Guida's been doing some matches. Well, well they do, yeah. The team, yeah. is it the team stuff? Yeah, they do the team stuff. But, I mean, Chill does the submission underground, too. And I, yeah. I think there's some good money in that, probably. I don't know. I just, I I was under the impression that that's what Diaz was going to do. But I'll tell you what, man. I mean, there's fun fights for him in Bellator, and I would love to see it. But I think if he's going to go MMA, I would really like to see him in PFL. I think, I think if you're a fighter in the position of like a Diaz or somebody at the end of your UFC career, that would be the next best step you could take. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, it's a season. You, so, you know, the cool thing about it for a fighter is, you know, every date you're going to fight, you don't know maybe who you're going to fight. Right. Cause it's kind of tournament, but, um, you know, when you're fighting and then once it's over, you're essentially a free agent again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you're taking a shot at a million dollars. And you get paid per fight, too. Yes, yeah. so. right. Well, and, and I think what's interesting, maybe this is where the Scott Coker thing is. Out, uh, opposite of Dana, Scott Coker will do stuff. Oh, for he'll sure. He'll do Grand Prix. He'll do mixed promotion stuff. And he might let Nate walk right in with a title shot. I mean, that's not crazy to think. Either he's, that or maybe even set up a boxing match on a Bellator card because he's yeah. done, like, kickboxing sure. in, in MMA at the same time. And they would time. let him. Right. And that could be where Nate's mind is, too. Like, hey, Bellator, let me come back and fight MMA. UFC won't. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, dude, it's I'm telling you, Nate Diaz right now today is easily top I would say 10, and that might even be a little bit too great. But he's top five, top 10 biggest pay-per-view stars right now right. in MMA. Not sure. just, you know, in all of MMA. So it's not crazy to think he doesn't walk into Bellator and get a title shot. Right. So, anywhere. I mean, anywhere, right. Because yeah. that's what you're booking on, right. his name. So. Right. Um, moving on um, for some extra stuff. Eddie Alvarez no longer fighting under 1FC and is open to trying new ventures, including boxing. Mm -hmm. I think all these guys are just starting to see those checks are just a little bit different for a one-off. Yeah. Um, I think they're also getting to the end of the career and right. the level of the sport is just constantly going up. And you got these, I mean, we're going to get to a young kid here in a minute, but you got these young savages that are just mm -hmm. coming up and mm -hmm. just killing everybody. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how this keeps going. I think you're going to see way more guys attempt this. Now, if they're going to get booked and actually get big fights, that's where it gets interesting. Yeah. Because Eddie Alvarez obviously is a legend in MMA. Sure. But is he a needle mover and a boxing side? Probably I don't not. think so. Um, also, we have Anderson Silva saying he wants to do one more MMA fight in Japan, and Scott Coker has also stepped out saying that he would be interested in booking him versus Fedor. Yeah, well, they did. So the the exact thing was um, Scott Coker was on one of Ariel Hawani's shows and told him that they had already been in talks with mm -hmm. Anderson about it, and at the time Anderson wanted to box, but now he has since basically said that he's willing to fight in MMA and he wants his last fight to be in Japan. Um, for Silva, which, I mean, he's kind of got his big, build his name and pride a little bit, right. I guess. So could be a little poetic. I guess I get it. Um, but that, yes, Fedor is a potential, I guess, opponent, but basically Scott Coker saying, look, basically the way the impression I got is Scott Coker was telling Hawani, like, we'll go to Japan for Anderson to face anybody. Like right, yeah. if, if he wants uh, to fight somebody, we'll go to Japan and figure it out. Like that's kind of the mm -hmm. vibe I got. So it's hard not to think if that's what he wants and they see money in it that we probably don't see Anderson one more time. 
And as an Anderson fan, how does that make you feel? Because I feel kind of mm, weird about it. I don't I, like it. I think I, he's doing great with boxing. Yeah. And I just think that the 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 way he's looked in MMA with the you know leg problems from getting kicked and yeah. stuff like that, I just I don't know if I want to see that again. Look, and against Fedor, like that's a potential matchup. If, if that's what they do, I I don't know. I obviously love Anderson Silva, but one thing I will say is I hope that he is the last of a dying breed in that we're seeing, you know, probably more guys that will start to get out of the sport quicker mm-hmm. and like, won't be so addicted to this side of just fine. I mean, it's respectful. I mean, I, you respect the heck out of it right. to be his age, 46, eight, whatever, and still be wanting to go out there and get punched in the face, like credit to you. Right. Mm-hmm. But it also gets sad after a while, you know, Jake Paul, DJ Penn. Yeah, dude, freaking Bigfoot Silva. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just got knocked out again. Mm-hmm. Like, Jeez. whoever is sanctioning him to fight should be, like, criminally charged and arrested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> disgusting, dude. You're literally just letting this guy go out and get knocked out every couple months. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that necessarily Silva's getting knocked out to where it's like, ugh, you know, this is a little uncomfortable. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, moving on, we got Bobby Green saying via his Instagram that he was pulled from his UFC 276 bout versus Jim Miller for a positive test popping for DHEA, a supplement that he's seen on a YouTube doctor's page and had his wife buy him from Walmart, not knowing it was illegal. He apologizes and says he's never failed any test in his 14 years. and He's against PEDs in sports. Mm-hmm. His bad is kind of pretty much mm-hmm. what he was saying. I mean, I respect him yeah. taking ownership of it, but like, dude, <laughs> just just saying supplement, that out loud. Yes, like, supplement off a YouTube doctor's page and got it from Walmart, yeah. and then threw in that he had his wife buy it for him. Yeah, like, okay, it's There's, it's not a good look. And the thing is, to my understanding, is they have a list. Yeah that tells them what they can and cannot take, and there's certain labels that they can look for. So Mighty Mouse said it best, man. He just puts food and water in his body. Yeah, right. And yeah. I'm not saying that like. I don't, I'm not like saying that he was intentionally trying to cheat because he, he did take ownership for it, but it's like, did you know though? You know, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're, you're only taking ownership because you got caught. Right. You know? And so, what's going on with your body that you're like on YouTube? Like, dude, how do I get this better? <laughs> yeah. And you find it's been around for a while, man. I mean, you know, he's getting up there yeah. age and, and stuff like that. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't want to just like butcher the guy. Cause I do, res- there is some respect, mm-hmm. you know, like Raquel Pennington, when, when she popped and she just owned it, you know, and TJ I think Dillashaw, she, yeah, he did own it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's, dude, you got to respect it. Right. You know, whether the intentions were right or wrong, you know, there is, if you're just willing to throw your hands up, like, yep, I messed up. I mean, I respect it. But at the end of the day, like you're trying to play it off like it was an accident. I just, you're a professional athlete. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. There's just no excuse for it. You just need to have the separated one side can juice, one side cannot different sports, you know? No, not in MMA. You just need to go all in or all not. Like, like jujitsu. Oh. Like jujitsu. Hey, did make for a fun ADCC. Right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of people kind of calling it a, a career a little bit early, we had Kevin Holland posting on his IG saying, had a good run, 30 in a little over a month, got paid, I'm out. And then he also put next career choice. I think it's all. Talk about tap or cap. I think that's <laughs> right. so cap. I mean, mm. my guess, and then this is complete speculation, this is just me guessing, is – he was probably under the – I'm guessing he was probably under the in, in interpretation or, you know, that he was going to get some form of a pay bump after this last pay-per-view card. Maybe he thought he was going to get a new contract. Maybe he – you know what I mean? He might have mm-hmm. said, like, if you guys want me to fight Hamza, I, I want a new contract for my next – I'll fight this one to help you, but next one 
and then the UFC is like refusing or not. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm guessing this is something. Something. This is what we're seeing. I think something from 279. This is some type of yeah. fallback. Or you don't think he genuinely is having second thoughts about fighting? Or, no. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, he did just fight a freak in Hamza Shemaev and maybe he's just like, yep, I'll just never be that good. <laughs> like, Can you imagine trying to Grammy seven times then eventually just getting Yeah, dude, and I mean, if that's the case, out. yeah, I mean, if that's the case and he's just looking at it like, well, I'll never be that good, you know, I mean, fine, but Kevin Hall is not that type of guy. Mm. I 100% think there was, dude, one day it's going to come out what happened in that 24 hours from when Hamzat missed weight to when those guys walked out into the cage and we're going to find out the truth of what was happening. for 30. Yeah, somebody's going to tell that story one day. And I think we're going to find out that there was probably some deals made, you know, maybe some that were followed through with, maybe others that weren't. Maybe they were contingent on certain things, and it was just misunderstood. But I'm telling you, I feel like him saying this off of that loss and the way that whole card went down, Kevin Holland's trying to negotiate or lobby for something or something he felt like was promised to him in you know, the UFC is now mm. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, that's not what we meant. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. But it's just coincidence. You know right. what I mean? They're just. Um, just to add on to that little real quick. I don't know if you guys seen Dana White making his comments on based off of that fight. He basically admitted how bad probably the Diaz Hamzat fight would have went. Yeah, I saw that. Um, which is interesting. I mean, he could have just kind of not said anything, but it definitely makes it make sense to be like, oh, well, maybe that really was a really bad booking on my side. Uh, Speaking of Hamzat, he seems to be making a full-on move to 185, tweeting said numbers followed by the fist emoji and the explosion emoji. Um, I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on what awaits him at middleweight and what he's leaving behind at welterweight. I think it's a good move. Um, I think it... It's nothing but opportunity for him at 85. I, I love that aspect. I do think he's, because he's made 70, and I, he's made it with some struggle, sure, but I do like the potential there for him to kind of be the double champ and, and make a run at both weight divisions. Um, I don't, you know, this guy is enough of a star now. I don't think it's going to hurt him to just move up to 85 now, but um, no, I think it's nothing but opportunity for him, so I'm, I'm happy with that. I Here's my thought. I don't think, um, I, I don't think that we'll see him at welterweight again. I'm not, maybe, 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 I don't know. I, you know, I would still love to see the Usman fight at some point. I think I would just, because the interest was there for it. But um, even that fight, there's nothing that says that fight has to happen at 170. Right. Um, so I just, I, what I, my whole interpretation of this is that I think the UFC wants his next fight to be big. It might be a pay-per-view, a big pay-per-view, and it might be a main event even um, on like a fight night. I don't think they'll put Hamza on a fight night, but you know it, it's going to be something big. And I think this is I I don't think this is Hamza's decision. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. I think the UFC is telling him like, dude, we cannot put you on another big pay-per-view and trust you that you're not going to ruin the card again. Um, and it is what it is, but that's kind of what we expected would happen anyways. You know, right. because he is due for big fights, and he is to that point where he can't keep fighting. Um, the Kevin Hollands of the world, no disrespect. Right. You know what I mean? He's, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. <laughs> Talk about hot take facts don't care. I don't think Hamzat's ready to compete at the top of 185 pounds. I don't. I think there is a lot of really tough matchups for Hamzat Shimaev at 185. Mm-hmm. Robert Whitaker, good. I mean, good yeah. luck. You I, think that what Robert Whitaker is a tougher matchup for him than Izzy? Yes. Mm. 
Yes, I think Styles make fights. I think Izzy's a winnable fight for him. I think Pajeda could be a winnable fight for him. Um, but, dude, I mean, Styles make which is, you know, like it's crazy because, you know, we've seen Izzy beat Whitaker twice, but it's the stylistic matchup mm-hmm. of it. And, man, Whitaker, I mean, you look at Whitaker, and he's has the speed of a 70, 170-pound guy in a bigger frame. And the athleticism, the take, I don't know, man. I mean, I, to me, I think that fight makes all the sense. I know they're kind of pushing the Costa thing, which I think Costa's a tough fight mm-hmm. for Hamza. That's a fun one. It's oh, a yeah. fun one, man, and the buildup would be fantastic. <laughs> but the thing is, Whitaker is in such a weird spot right now that he mm-hmm. needs a big fight. You know, like a Hamzat win for Whitaker could get him back to a title shot. It could, it could happen off that because you look at the rest of the division and it's like, you know, you could do Costa Whitaker, I guess, you know, but I think introducing some fresh blood that everybody thinks is a killer and giving Whitaker a shot at it. What do you think that does to Hamzat, though, if he beats Hamzat? If Whitaker beats Hamzat? Yeah, do you think they want to risk that with Hamzat? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can't do anything else You can't with go it. from Gilbert Byrne. I mean, you were doing this, the Diaz, and but I think it's hard. Well, as UFC fans, it's hard. You can't keep on, after you've teased us with giving him a top guy, yeah. it's hard for me to buy into you giving him, you know, the number 18 middle. Well, it wouldn't be the number 18, but like, you know, you think like, who are you going to give? I mean, Jared Cannonier or, you know, Derek Brunson or, you yeah. know, you can't really give him somebody like that at this point. Strickland. Strickland, yeah, you know, Calvin Gasolums. Oh, I think he would really work seven eight. Yeah, I think Brunson's. I, I just said Derek Brunson, but I think that's an interesting fight for Hamza. I'm telling yeah. you, man, these guys are bigger. We've Vittori. only yeah, Vittori's GM threes is only eighty five win, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know, we've only seen him at eighty five once, and it was against GM three, who, you know, all respects, he's a good submission artist and he's tough and that, but he's not even close to the top of this division. Mm-mm. You know, and not that Gilbert Burns, you know. I mean, he had his moments in that fight, don't get me wrong, but I'm not saying Hamzat didn't win that fight in a convincing fashion. But take a Gilbert Burns and then now put it in a bigger frame with like a Whitaker or Costa, you know. Yeah, those punches he took from Burns, I don't know if you can take and it. all these guys have five-round experience. Right. But the only thing I'll say is mm-hmm. tell me who's an even close wrestler in the 85 division. Brunson, probably. Really? To yeah. Hamzat? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, he's probably one of the better at the top of the division. Okay, but compare him to then now go back down to 70 Maybe and look Sean. at Colby, Usman, those type of guys. Even Gilbert, like, he's a decent wrestler in his own right. Yeah, but, but, he can't, but you can't compare it because he. I just don't think he can do 70 consistently. I think that's why... No, I understand that. What I'm saying is that the crop, it, it, the two different divisions, though, offers a completely different set of skills. Yeah, they're yeah. bigger, but also bear in mind how many times have we talked about Izzy not f- facing somebody that's like a decorated wrestler. Right. There's just not many at 85. That's my point. Sure, so. and that's fair, but I think there's guys like... Whitaker, who have really good takedown defense. Costa has really good takedown of a Tory. You know, all these guys are, they, they're not slouches. You right. know what I mean? But they haven't, but nobody's facing one sure. close to Hamzat. So I, I, feel I, like that I respect is, that. Right. And it, I, but I don't think Hamzat has fought any strikers at the level that are up at the top yeah, of 85 true. either. And you have to start on your feet. There is that point where, yeah. you know, Holland. Maybe he's not. Holland got kicked out of the 85 I, division because he wasn't able to he wasn't deal with enough. the wrestlers at 85. He wasn't big you know what I'm enough saying? either. Just wasn't yeah. big enough. I mean, he was weighing in at like 181. You right. know, he just wasn't big enough for the division. But it, yeah, it, to me, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't think, I don't think Hamza his next fight he's going to be able to just come out and level change <laughs> without setting anything up. Right. You know, I don't know man. I, I just, I don't see it, man. I, I don't. definitely wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, goes out to Whitaker and Whitaker just stuffs him. Because he's, he's fought a guy yeah. back on the regional scene that stuffed him, and he had to end up knocking him out. Like, that happens. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If if Whitaker can stuff his takedowns and Hamzat has to stand with Whitaker, it's going to be a problem for Hamzat. That's what I think. Because Hamzat just fought, you know, we talk about Burns. That's a guy who fought at 55 and is better at 70. Sure. Now he's going to be fighting guys that can make 205 and be competitive. But now he can eat and lift. That's and a good point. That, that is true, too. That's fair. Yeah, we've only seen. It'll just be interesting to see how that happens. He's killing himself clearly to make 70. So and They said his tongue, he had like a white tongue. He was throwing up, yeah. passing out. And that like, could make a difference. And maybe that's, you know, but we haven't seen it. So there there is that wrinkle, too, where maybe a, a fed, you know, hydrated Hamzat is just even a different animal mm. than we've seen so far. Now, I wonder what this does to him and Till's relationship. Because Till's no. obviously trying to make his moves as well. I don't think, dude. I loved Aaron Till, but and I wanted him to be so good. But I just, I don't see him com- ever getting to right. to, to where they're sad, even man. It is, but I just don't see. And in some of its injury, you know, it's just unfortunate. But um, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't see it, man. Well, what do you think about the hole that now gets left in welterweight? You had a top three guy who was supposed to be the next one to get the belt if he I wins. I'll be honest, it. There is a hole, but you know who steps into that hole is Shavkat Rahmanov, who might be the biggest winner from Hamza. Oh, that's, that's a good. That's a good point. And yeah. it, well, and the thing is, because you look at it, and nobody is talking about Shavkat Rahmanov. Nobody wants to fight Shavkat Rahmanov, and with Hamza being gone now, who a lot of people thought that was his biggest threat, Shavkat mm-hmm. and Hamza was each other. That doesn't really have to happen now. So to me, I think now Shavkat has to fight like a Colby Covington mm-hmm. or somebody up there at the top. Because, you just beat Magny, right? Yeah. Just and just didn't Magny. even look. Just didn't even look close, yeah. you know. But I think, and I'm going to tell you what, the reason why nobody wants to fight Shavkat Rachmanov is because he is a nightmare because he's really good and he's not a talker. So he's not going to sell your fight. <laughs> he's not the biggest name guy right now. So like you're going to go like, if you're Colby and you're at the top of the division, you're going to go lose to this guy who's ranked way below you. It's not real quiet. doesn't speak the best English. You Finishes know, it, it's a nightmare for you. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine getting finished by a guy who doesn't say anything afterwards. That's what I'm saying. They're going to be like, you lost to this guy. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? It just, it's not a good look. Well, it's like what Wonder Boy came out and said, like, I don't want to fight this guy who's going to just dominate yeah. me on the wrestling Dude, side of things. Perfect example. Wonder Boy was straight up about it. Like, no, that guy's a nightmare <laughs> for me. You know, and that, and he's going to be for everybody at that division, but somebody's going to have to fight right. him now. And when you talk about that whole idea of Hamza trying to double champ and maybe go back down to 70 yeah. that's the fight that if that lines up that Shavkat makes his way and gets the belt right you know Hamza gets the belt that make that matchup would just right. be ridiculous I mean look at Masvidal he's caught out literally everybody in the last couple of months but Shavkat and <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean I don't blame him it, yeah. it's a nightmare for everybody it is a nightmare so the only it, one I could see who might be willing to take that is the only guy who wanted to fight Hamza which is Burns it, yeah, yeah, it, it, but that's so unfair to Burns to give him. That, I make get him it, fight that but who else chirped up to t- besides Magny, who just fought uh, uh, Rachmanov? Right, he fought. He right. wanted Hamza too. I'm gonna right. be. I just to me, I I don't hate Colby Covington, but it's time for him to have to fight. Like he needs a fight like this. Right. I, he, I agree. He keeps getting these title shots, and and he's you know we've talked about it before. It's like when you look at who he's beat in comparison, it's like. Gilbert just had to carry the Hamzat weight. I think I think it's only fair that Colby has to pick up the Shavkat problem. I'm Let's cool see with that. Happens, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying that that's even teased or a potential because I don't think I don't think Colby wants it. I don't think he. Even I don't wants think it. anybody wants it, man. And I, and I think is is I think this is a good thing for both divisions, kind of to open up because Hamzat is the name that 
you know, is always might get a little bit more love sure. because of who he is. Now you move that out of that division. You do have the Shavkat. You have yeah. the Sean Brady's. You have some people that could really make a name for themselves. Yeah. And then at 85, Izzy needs more people. Yeah. And, I mean, even if he doesn't win, that's another name that's sure. really big into that 85 division. And that's why I say I think Shavkat's the biggest winner yeah. from all this because with Hamzad out of the division now, he could literally be one win away from a title shot. Yeah, if, he, he, if he had a, a, a mouth kind of like a wrestling, like a manager that speaks for you, yeah. he would be Hamzad. He's give, that type of give level. him a Paul Heyman, right? <laughs> um, moving on, we have Raul Rosa winning his contender series fight at 17, youngest UFC, fight. earning a contract. Yeah. Uh, in comparison, we had Bo Nickel fighting a couple weeks ago. He got a contender contract for another fight on there. Uh, I think the biggest difference being, I mean, maybe Bo only had two fights. This Rosas had five. Sure. Um, but Bo fights next weekend. He has another performance like he did. There's a really high chance that he, he gets fights his, this Tuesday. Or yeah, this weekend. This Tuesday. Or this Tuesday. Tomorrow. Um, which is, you know, he pulls this off. He could probably be looking at a situation where he gets a full-on contract. Oh, he will. But he I know wins. a lot of people felt a certain way about this 17-year-old who didn't finish his fight but dominated getting the contract over somebody like Bo who dominated. Nate was. Life. I know you weren't a big fan of this. Yeah, no. I, it, so you mentioned the Chase Hooper. Uh, it, it, I just, yeah, I mean, this kid's 17. I think he looked great. I mean, I was like, whoa, this kid's 17. That's crazy. But when you look at the fight itself, it was predominantly a grappling match, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just watched ADCC. There's 16, 17-year-old kids that are tapping grown men. It's possible in grappling. But what I think what you saw from Rosa is his last name mm -hmm. um, is an, a, a really I mean, he I, I don't want to say an unwillingness to stand and trade, but I, I, but he wasn't really. How do I say it? I don't he's not polished there. He's not polished there, but I don't think he really wants to. But it's also respectable because he understands that being 17, he's probably not going to have the, the strength or the, the efficiency to really knock somebody out on the feet or, or do damage there. So he was just, but I mean, he did some really cool stuff. Like when he fainted that flying knee and just dropped down to a double leg. I mean, he's good, man. I'm yeah. not saying, but it's like when you look at Chase Hooper, who did the exact same thing at 18, only mm -hmm. a year older and look how that's panned out for Chase Hooper. What weight class was this at again? Bantam. Bantam, I think 35. Hooper's 35 too. I think so. I want to say so. Because he had no muscle tone. Like, he has no muscle this tone. This kid doesn't Raul? either. Yeah. I mean, he really doesn't either. I mean, he looks in shape, don't get me wrong, but I just think, like, even, I don't even think you have to get into the top, which he, it's going to be a long time. I mean, they'll book him the right way, but I feel like they kind of tried to book Chase Hooper the right way, too, and it's just, it's a lot, man. I just, mm. you're, you're dealing with grown men, and the first time somebody can defend Erosa's takedowns, and forces him to stand up, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And he got in some positions that in, on a higher level, yeah. their finishes, and he sure. struggled. Like, he had the back a lot yeah. and was unable to get into certain situations. And I think in the stand-up, there's, there's parts where it's like you left your chin up, sure. you were open, you were able to get through that, but that gets tough. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of like the whole like I'm gonna be the champion in like a year and I, I want everybody. I want Peter Yan. I want holes in Yan's game and like mm. I don't know, I'm just like I can dude. beat Aljo and it's like man you gotta. Whew. I get it. I respect it, but yeah, yeah I get like, I get the mouthpiece part of it because you're you're seeing what these guys like Sean sure. O'Malley and some of these other guys are doing by sure. doing that, but. It's a definitely a slippery slope. Well, mm -hmm. and then in comparison, like the bow thing, it's like it's not like we haven't seen like a Brock Lesnar who was one and zero get a UFC contract, you right. know. So it's like Bo went out and did exactly what he was supposed to do and like knock that guy out in like what seven fifteen seconds, something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's just like so you don't give him a contract because you want to see more, but it's like I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a promoter. I don't know. And I, don't, I know there's something to you know wanting to lock the 17 year old down. I who can probably a win a lot of fights and other. 
promotions. But you could give them a developmental contract. They've done that before too. Right. You know what so. I mean? So it's just, I don't know. I just, I hope they book him the right way. I hope they've learned, if nothing else, from Chase Hooper, you know, maybe on how to book a younger kid like that mm-hmm. because – Chase has had a really tough career, and we've seen him get really beat up. Mm-hmm. And Bo Nichols at 85, right? I believe so, yeah. Or is he 70? No, he's 85. 85. He 85. Plot twist. He wins this, gets his contract. They set him up against Hamzat. <laughs> oh, they wouldn't do <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> It'd be interesting. That'd be fun, but be I'd be fun. here for it, but they <laughs> would not I'd, I'd do that. I'd be down to see him wrestle. Like, just yeah. Like wrestle him I'd be a good one, too. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. I bet Bo dogs him. Oh, yeah. It'd be <laughs> bad for him. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see Bo. This Tuesday on Contender Series. Yeah, definitely tune in And for if he that. wins, he's definitely going to get a con. There's no doubt. Yeah. And he becomes an instant matchup problem for most of 85 because of what yeah. you said about the lack of wrestling. Well, and I think he was really pissed off when they sent him home without one last time. Like You could noticeably tell he was upset about mm-hmm. it. So I think he's going to look to make a statement this Tuesday, and um, he's not going to walk. If he walks out of there without a con, which it's not going to. If he wins, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I think even if he loses, they'll sign him. But. Well, that's <laughs> what's weird about that, though, is this last episode – with this Rosa, everybody got a contract. They were all there was eighty fivers that got contract. Yeah, they, were, they were all good finishes though. Good fights, good right. finishes. So, so I just it's weird to think that Bo's not lumped in with that. I didn't, I didn't get it. The only thing I could think is he's a big name and getting one more contender series gets more eyes on the contender series. That's true. And it's a win win for them. Not that they didn't think he wasn't ready. I think it's just you're gonna get people watching contender series because Bo Nichols on it. Mm-hmm. So Alrighty, and um, another big thing we have I want to get your guys' opinion on is after reading a tweet from Aaron Bronstetter, it seems as though Connor can't stay away from Mystique. Aaron made a post saying, after cross-referencing the UFC roster and USADA test history database, Connor McGregor is the lone active fighter who has not been tested by USADA. USADA won't comment on a fighter's testing pool status, but said once a fighter is enrolled in the testing program, they are subject to testing, even when not competing, unless they notify the UFC that they are retiring, there's a termination of their contract, or they're otherwise removed from the program. The UFC does have exceptions in rare circumstances, but still require two negative tests before re-entry into competition. Um, there's been there's guys who haven't fought in plenty of years. When you talk about John Hathaway and... Um, Travis Brown. Travis Brown, who are still getting tested they right now. Both have been tested this year, and Conor McGregor has not. And we have like Henry Cejudo, who's entering himself back into the pool, sure. and now we have Conor McGregor sitting here, who's not been tested. It's interesting, man. I'll be, you know, if I was a fighter on the roster, I'd be like, look, why has Travis Brown and John Hathaway been tested this year, and Conor McGregor hasn't? You know, it, there's mm-hmm. there's definitely, you know, especially when you look at Conor's size, I mean, he's definitely gotten bigger. I'm sure I would want to know. You know, mm-hmm. and I do want to know. It's interesting. And why why is the UFC and USADA not answering on why he hasn't been tested? And one of the other reasons I did read is if Connor would have to submit a written letter of his like intent to retire. Yeah. So maybe he does that to create a window. I mean, I doubt it. I know he wants to do this movie thing. He wants to box Floyd Mayweather. Maybe there's some weird ploy to. I, I could see it being more like, look, you just came from a horrible injury we're going to look away for a year and just get yourself healthy. Like get, what's the fastest way we can get your body healed? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Like when I try to think through like what the reasoning is behind it, I struggle to find a, yeah. like a good one. I don't think there is a good reason, but I don't know what it, what the reason is. Like I literally have no idea. Yeah. Like, right. and, and we do know that the UFC has done some stuff for like Brock Lesnar who didn't have to do any testing before yeah. coming into his fight with Mark Hunt. And they've been sued since then from Mark Hunt, but it, they, you see some of this weird blurring, but 
it's interesting that people can get this knowledge or this data and now kind of put the UFC on a, hey, man, what are you guys doing? Mm. Plot twist or, or conspiracy theory. Put your tinfoil hats on. You ready? Conor McGregor has pretty much lived the last year on his boat. International waters, baby. Can't prosecute. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the can't test me, baby. If he's out in the middle of the ocean. You ain't testing him, all right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it, it'll be interesting to see what comes from this. I mean, uh, Connor obviously is a guy that everybody wants to fight. Uh, he said he keeps on saying he's going to knock everybody's block off, and then yeah. we have this situation. So now it seems like, according to these rules, before he can even fight, he's going to have to have two negative tests. Yeah. To enter back into the system. So. What if he's literally just been sailing around the globe? <laughs> I'm currently in Portland, and he's over like in the Pacific Ocean oh or something in the middle. Gosh, of it. Can't dude, find him. That would be. He's, I mean, I would just respect. The saw is gonna have to step their uh, like landing game up with the helicopter and start dude, flying I, I people just, in to test him. One, yeah. one of my favorite shows I used to obsessively watch. This show was called Whale Wars. It was on Discovery Channel. Mm. And it, you've never seen it? Nope. Oh my gosh, dude! Timeless. Have you ever seen yeah. it? Yeah. So it's like these like whalers that go out and they use Japan is illegally whales. They go down to Antarctica and, and they legally kill whales. And this group, the they're like a non for profit. They go down there with like these old warships, like Bob Barker gave them money and stuff. And they just like throw like toxins on their boat to try to kill the meat. And they'll like try to get like prop lines stuck in their propellers and stuff. Jeez. Like it's dude, go watch this show. Literally, there was like five or six seasons of it. I hate that they stopped making it, but I think it got so crazy. Like, they were, like, ramming their boat into these boats. Like, by the end, uh, I think it was on Animal Planet or Dis- or a Discovery Channel. We're just like, whoa, <laughs> like, this is too much. <laughs> we're, we're out. And yeah. then, like, the owner ended up getting arrested. It, it was, like, he You're got, starting to get some international conflicts That's what there, happened. Yeah. He ended up getting locked up in, like, one of the international jail. I mean, it's crazy. Mm. He was, like, last I knew, he was, like, on the run from, like, Jeez. several. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude, you got to go watch the show. But... <laughs> I just imagine, like, from that show, like, them, like, trying to, like, stop Connor's boat. Like, <laughs> <Ramming> <laughs> yeah, you saw this helicopter just, in the air, like, throwing stuff at his boat. You <laughs> like, just see yeah. a ski do off to the side, break off, and he's breaking away uh, from his own yacht. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, he's uh, propelling down uh, off the helicopter dude, I, on the boat. I, I love it. They, love they it. grab him, and it's really just Artem with a wig and, like, some <laughs> fake tattoos on. <laughs> you can't catch me. Oh, I love it. All uh, right, boys, let's get into some ADCC real quick, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So, if you're not sticking around for the ADCC. Thank you for Mm -hmm. listening for another week of the Neon Belly Podcast. We will be back next Monday, as usual, recapping these fights, getting ready for um, next week's fights, which I believe is another ladies' main event. Can't remember off the top. Um, And then, obviously, we will have Hysum Rita on the podcast to discuss his ADCC performance. Let's get into this, though, boys. Let's start right off with the big super fight. Gordon Ryan defeating Andre Galvao. Um, not that there was any question here, boys, but Gordon Ryan has definitely solidified himself as the no-gi goat. Um, yeah, Brandon, go ahead and talk about this match because there's not, I mean, it just, what, like, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, like it's kind of like one of those things. What do you say? Gordon did exactly what he does to everybody else, man. I mean, he made it look easy. He gave Galvao the takedown. He initiated a leg entanglement. Galvao gave his back, and then Gordon submitted him from his back, man. I mean, yeah. little effort expended. Um, 
he's just leaps and bounds ahead of every. And yeah. you just have to understand how good everybody else is to, to understand how good Gordon is, right? Um, so yeah, man. I mean, just Galvao's yeah, uh, like a six time. Yeah, he was ADCC the king of ADCC you know, before it's that. Crazy. Yeah, and he's only twenty seven. And you want to talk about steroids? <laughs> mm, <laughs> yeah, that's, in six months, that boy went from a yeah. welterweight Dude, to a his super. Head got bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Worth noting, ADCC doesn't test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's that, all right. Gordon, all right. Yeah, Gordon. I think Luke Thomas said it best. Gordon didn't win the way yes, he won no. because of any. any no potential stuff he may have done no, uh, no, he no. won because he's better yes you know and he's that much better yeah. um so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the field tries to keep up with this guy because it looks like he's got no end in sight right now he's just is it time for him to go to gi and try to dominate I that he's talked that. about it he just talked about it on that rogan interview I mean, if you do that and you do the same things he's doing now i don't think it's that important i mean he's not looking to be the greatest jiu-jitsu player or grappler of all time i think this no gi thing is exactly what he wants to do mm-hmm. um but I mean, he's—I bet he's not a, a slouch in the gi either. Well, no, he definitely got his black belt in the gi. Well, and um, he, yeah, and he even said he's in that Rogan interview. He was like, "I train with Marigali in the gi. Like we we have gi days." And he's like, "So I know where I stand." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think yeah. he could go out and beat these top guys. You know, that are like when you get into like grips and stuff, everything's so different. Yeah, but. and I, the only thing I can reference is I've seen one clip where him and Craig Jones are rolling in the gi uh-huh. and it's like a it's like a twelve second clip and it's a training session. Yeah. But mm-hmm. just off of that I was like, whoa, that looked very different for Gordon Ryan right yeah. there. Um mm-hmm. Craig just immediately passed and like straight into side. Right. But I mean again, training session, it's in the gi, it's Craig Jones. But yeah, if that's any indication, I think he's probably gonna stick around with no gi. Just obsessed, man. I just saw he put on his Instagram today. He's taking his first vacation in a decade. He's worked like trained seven days a week for like the past decade, and he's taking his first week off. Like that's insane. And this bro. was all coming off of the the sickness that he had with yeah, his stomach. Never. Yeah, he took some breaks in there, I think. But dude, that's just crazy. I mean, but that's that's what it takes. We'll move to the ninety nine plus kilo. In the finals, Gordon Ryan versus Nicky Rod. <laughs> Obviously, Gordon winning there. Literally, same thing. Gave Nick, Nicky Rod a takedown. Like, just let him foot sweep him pretty much there. Um, and then becomes the first ADCC champ in three different divisions. Um, not much here to talk about. I mean, it was a quick, easy, painless. I mean... It's it's one of those things too. Like Gordon and Nikki were former training partners. Obviously, mm-hmm. they've trained a lot together. It's hard not to wonder how much they kind of just knew what was going to happen when that yeah. match. You kind of see it on on Nikki's face. I feel like yeah, because he just kind of tapped. Like I don't even feel like that was all the way in, but he knew there was he yeah. wasn't going anywhere. He was um, like tap. <laughs> so I mean, you know, and that's some of that's jujitsu, man. It's cross training. It's huge. A lot yeah. of people will compete against each other multiple times, so you get a lot of familiarity with people. So do you ever think? Do you think we'll ever get the reason why? the new way well now new wave b team split happen i think we kind of got it man i just think that P- I, I genuinely believe that like nikki and uh little nikki and um j-rod and those guys craig wanted to kind of do their own thing it's hard to but why why would you want to leave the greatest coach with the greatest nogi athlete at your disposal every mm-hmm. day and, and go do your own thing well, is your, if your goal is to be the best, you've got to be able to develop something to be the best. And if Gordon's the best, how are you going to do that if you train with him every day? Cause I, mean, he's, I feel like you're just going to get better, though. Yeah, but he's going to know everything. you under, Like, he's sure. going to, on the same token, yes, you're going to get better because you're rolling with the best. But 
you're never going to be able to develop something to beat him at that point. Because the way to beat Gordon, I feel like, is to bring him something he hasn't been, he hasn't had to deal with. Yeah. And he deals with people in the training room every day. So if you continuously train with him, you're not going to bring anything new. Mm -hmm. But if they branch off, get their own school, start trying some new different techniques and things, yeah. then there's that opportunity to develop something unique. It's just weird his brother left too. Like, I mean, you said, mm -hmm. but you don't think that like there's not like, so you're thinking that like when they left Puerto Rico, they were like looking at it like, hey, we're a year and a half out from ADCC. We want to compete against you. Like, we're going to go I think there's some animosity, too, man. Did you notice after he beat Nicky Rod, he went over and just quick little handshake to yeah. um, Nicky Ryan, and that was it? They barely yeah. even looked at each other. They barely, they they hardly ever interact, him yeah. and Nicky Ryan. I, you know, like, I kind of thought, like, my initial thought was that, and I'm just speculating, I've obviously never trained with John Danaher or any of those guys, but I have the feeling, like, I wonder, just from what I've heard, is that when Danaher teaches, it's slow. And it's very, like, he probably does a lot of technique heavy. It's very, and I could just see, like, like Nicky Rod, Jay Rod, Craig Jones being like, God, this is boring. We just want to kind of go and roll. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know. I could be way off. I mean, I'm just There totally might be some truth to that. Speculating. And there just might a, be something more to... More just a difference in training styles, I right. guess. And there might be something to getting away from somebody you know you're going to have to face in the finals of a situation like this. Yeah. Like going against a training partner probably is not not easy one, right. but especially on the highest level when you know he doesn't care. He just sure. wants to win. Maybe you need that for yourself mentally to get away from, okay, this isn't my training partner anymore. I can go, I got to go hard or I got to go yeah. to the fullest extent. Could be, could be some financial stuff too there. Like think about yeah. how much money those guys are making now at yeah. their own gym That's rather than point. training underneath John. It's a good point. So. I could see that as well, the financial for sure. Boys, the minus 99 kilo, Craig Jones versus Kanan Duarte in the finals. Duarte winning on points. Uh, kind of an interesting match there. You know, uh, Duarte at one point was up like 7-0 or something and then started losing points for um, passivity Stalling, yeah. or whatever and stalling and then kind of became a close match there at the end, but Duarte ultimately was able to, to, uh, to get the win there. So... I, I just seem bigger and stronger yeah, than him, man. I yeah, just think that was the one time Craig ran into somebody that was just big enough and strong enough to really shut him down. Yeah. Um, because as soon as Guarte got on top, man, Craig had little to no answer. And and something I was going to kind of bring up at the end, but I think it's kind of because, like, Craig did play a little K-guard and stuff here and maybe, like, one of those, like, squid guards or something. He was trying different stuff here. Something that, like, I know we've talked about on the pod, but I think when you watch this ADCC, you see more than anything is the basics are still what is winning matches back mount what did gordon ryan do to every single person yeah back mount you know and and sweeps but like i just i feel like even for us like when you're in a jujitsu class like how many buggy chokes did you see i think Cade might have attempted one and like well, i don't even know Cade. i feel i mean i didn't watch every single match but like mm -hmm. you didn't see these like funky guards or like buggy chokes or like you know heel hooks like leg games are are very important backs i saw a lot of back take a lot of mount surprisingly mm -hmm. um but it's like man like even for me like it's like when i when i can start you know get back into training it's like that like just kind of makes you reassess everything like quit trying to learn all this like i know there's a lot of new stuff always coming out but like become a black belt at some you know like one specific thing yeah i think the, i think dana her or gordon or both put out a little post on their instagram because they usually do that kind of a, assessing stuff and yeah. one of the things they talked about was simple not easy right so yeah like, again with gordon like everything was geared towards yeah. either a leg entanglement or getting on top passing them out and taking the back yeah. like that's not new that's not unique he's just the best so drilled in it. Yeah, yeah and so technical and it's like I think sometimes, like I said, even guilty of it, me is like, 
when you see something, you're like, oh, I need to learn that. You know, and it's like, but it's like, yeah, but what what is your back mount game like? Or are, mm-hmm. are you are you a purple belt at least at that, or a brown belt that level? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and if the answer is no, then it's like, well, if you can't do this bait, like, because it's still winning matches at the highest level of the mm-hmm. sport. You know what I mean? It's not these like funky guards and whatever new submission comes up or whatever. Right. You know, it's you know darsh chokes, rear naked chokes, guillotines. Uh, arm locks you know mm-hmm. like just the basic stuff mm-hmm. that you kind of learn from day one so um but yeah i just thought i'd throw that out because i i craig went for i think he sat in k guard for a while and really wasn't able to do anything yeah. with it mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah there you go there's like one of the best grapplers in the world not really able to effectively use k guard against another one of the best grapplers mm-hmm. in the world um so next one boys men's 88 kilo jean carlo bedoni um new wave guy uh defeating lucas hulk barbosa via rear naked choke uh, good match there. Uh, John Carlo, like I said, trains with Gordon and them. Thought he had a great 80cc run. The men's 77 kilo. Cade Ruotolo defeats Mika Galvao. Cade wins via heel hook. Goes 4-0 and at 80cc with four submissions and becomes the youngest 80cc champion in the history. Man, shout out to Cade Ruotolo. Mm-hmm. What, what a dang performance. And the ending of that match, like I was telling you guys, is it was fun because Cade, they both kind of were going for heel hooks there at the right. end, and Cade just got his, also becoming the first person to submit Mika uh, in competition. So, mm-hmm. I think Cade and his brother Ty are, if you're if you're going to make a case for anything sure. beyond yeah. the simple, yeah, it's yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I, that um, they are the exception. I guess. But I also think the only the thing to consider there too, like. Okay, Gor- I can't necessarily say Gordon's taken stuff, but if you look at Gordon and you look at those two, mm-hmm. very different specimens in terms of physicality, yeah, for right? for sure. Um, so I think there's an element of that to it too. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's the only kind of anomaly no. to the simplicity. Yeah. And their cardio has to be crazy to try all the stuff that they do. Oh, yeah. And still recover enough to get a finish. Also, just to kind of throw another wrench in the whole steroid thing, Tyrotola went out there and beat Felipe Pena. Yeah, we're gonna get so, to that for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, no, we'll bring yeah, that back. We'll bring that back. But yeah, I think it, that match you're gonna see a lot more often for as young as Mika and he is. That, sure, I think they're gonna see them go at each other a lot more. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Mika because it was Mika's debut on the ADCC scene yep. as well, and he showed out too. Yeah. Like we just like we expected. You really just kind. Of, I think I think genuinely with Mika and Cade saw the pinnacle of the next generation of jujitsu competing it'd be crazy to see where these guys are in the next seven eight oh, years yeah that's crazy <laughs> the men 66 kilo 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 diogo heist defeating gabriel sosa diogo wins three zero um great win there for the baby shark uh then you got the women 66 kilo Brianna Stay Marie versus Fion Davies. Fion Davies winning there. And then women's plus 66 kilo, Amy Campo defeating Rafaela Gudiez. What a freaking ADCC for Amy Campos. Beat wow. Gabby, too. Wow. Yeah. Man, I was so impressed with her this whole whole tournament. Um, jumping into the absolute, Nicholas Marigali defeating your or uh Came down, excuse me, to Nicholas Marigoli and Yuri Samoj. Yuri wins, will now face Gordon. Obviously, the next ADCC, I believe they've matched up yeah, before. Yeah, Gordon's Gordon. beat him, I think, a couple times. So yeah. Back before he was small. When he was small, I should say, too. So it's like, all right. Yeah, but jumping into like what Brandon said with Ty, what an inspiring run he had there in the absolute. You know, goes out day one in his first match to his teammate, like we had talked about, then beats Pedro Mourinho in the first round, then beats Felipe Pena, which insane like just pure insane mm-hmm. like 
the fact that he was able to do that was just crazy, dude. Um, and then lost the semifinals to Marigali, but I feel like he won yeah, that match. Yeah, I for my money, he because he had a Dar's choke, not locked up yeah. super tight with I Marigali. I thought he had the most offensive moments. He was the yeah. most active. Um, but I think when you talk about like the future and how the sport grows, it is more of Ty and Cade, like that type of just like going for it man just constant pressure constant action forcing the other guy to work and it's so fun to watch mm -hmm. it is just so so as a spectator it's just so fun to watch those two they were no offense to gordon like what he did was incredible yeah but i had so much more fun watching yeah. Kate and ty than yeah. i did any of gordon's matches yeah I, dude, I agree 100%. And then, obviously, in the absolute as well, we mentioned it last week that our boy Heisen was going to jump back in there, and he did, losing his first match to the newly crowned 88-kilo champ, Giancarlo Bedoni. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you come back next week so we can talk to him about that. And Gordon was saying that next year he wants to do even more divisions, Yeah, right? he said he wants to do the minus 99 and the plus 99. And then, obviously, he'll have the super and fight. And the super fight. Jeez. Yeah. You think he's getting to that point where it's like, Tom Brady, where you're just like, okay, he won, he won again. <laughs> like, just like he said, like, yeah. it's not as exciting anymore because he keeps doing it the same way to everybody. Yeah. And it's not like, what can he, what's he going to do? Like, not be good? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of up to everyone else, it's right? It's kind of like the Floyd to... thing, too. It's just like, this guy keeps winning. He's the number one star in the sport, but people kind of, like, they do want to see him lose, but they kind of don't expect anybody to do it anymore. Sure. Mm -hmm. And no, it could I be agree. bad. It could be bad for jujitsu as they try to grow. When your top guy is kind of like it's not as exciting as these young guys. Right. So hopefully, as they move their way up, it kind of keeps the momentum going for them. Mm -hmm. More delays though from Flo. Just a slow day. Twelve hours <laughs> of grind jujitsu. Yeah, didn't finish till what one thirty two in the morning. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, because we were was like nine o'clock at night, and we're like. Do they still have to do the absolute? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what is? I think I texted you and I was like, dude, it would surprise you if they just canceled. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll do it next week. Yep. <laughs> but that is it, boys. That's all we have time for with the ADCC. Like I said, wish that we could have done some form of like a midweek pod to, to go more in detail with some of these matches. Um, but just not the just not where we're at right now, unfortunately. Um, so it is what it is. But that is all we got. John, you have song of the week, so what do you got? I'm gonna go with J I D Dance Now. Alrighty, I don't know that song. Mm. It's a good one. His album's really good. He's from Dreamville, J. Cole's label. Alrighty. It's Hopefully really it's good. on Apple Music. It is. All right, Brandon, okay. what you got? One for the people. Uh the Philadelphia Eagles. Are two and one. I'm the resident Philadelphia Eagles fan now on this podcast. <laughs> Super Don't, fan. Yeah, I will be in with a jersey soon. Just, nice. just got to get it. Um, so yeah, check them, check them out. I'm really just rubbing it in John's face now. Shout out to Chase Jackson. I do actually want to shout Chase out. Okay, I've been, I've been, why is this? Well, I've been rolling with him lately. He did tap me yesterday, so good for him. But my point on, on honest. <laughs> did note, you call him your sensei? No, it was, it was, it was funny because it was very casual. Like he tapped me and then we just kept rolling. Like there was really not much to it, but oh, it was for not you. in his head. He was like, oh, oh I'm sure. I'm sure. Tell good, my son. good for him to <laughs> yeah. not, to not like gloat, I suppose. But no, he's, he's been really like going in and grinding and like he's a white belt, but you can tell he's really, really, really putting in the work to improve. So, so good for him sticking it through. Cause I, I was real hard on him in the beginning, not thinking he was going to stick it out, but here he is, you know, working, working on up to blue belt. So, so good for him. Good for you, Chase. The I, thing is, is like now he's moved on to me yeah and like now he's so he taps brandon and then he's got a picture of you on the wall and then instantly <laughs> texts me that like i'm next yeah like chase i will literally kill you before you tap me <laughs> like i will go yeah. like full neon face shout out to our boy gabe urich 
had no idea who Gabe was when he came into the gym, right? <laughs> and he had some training experience in, in you know, or whatever. Like mm-hmm. He wasn't exactly new to it, but he was still fairly new. And Gabe is an MMA fighter for people who don't know at Gaha, but he is a beast, man. Just this little monster. Throws up this, like, first time I ever rolled with Gabe, throws up this, like, triangle, I think. I was dead. <laughs> like, he had me. <laughs> Literally, like, just ran him over to get him. Like, almost killed poor Gabe. Just, You're, you obviously, you outweigh him by quite a bit, too. A lot, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It, dude, if I was, like, his size, I mean, even just bigger, a little bigger than him, I mean, he, I was so stuck. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But it's, like. Safe, safe to say that Nate will, will not allow allow his uh, ego to get in the way. There's after just Sammy, no way. After Sammy, nobody else is getting uh Yeah, yeah. When you have a 14-year-old kid choke you unconscious with a Dars, there's, yeah. you, you, your mindset changes. Changes a people, people start telling you, like, yeah, go roll with him. But if you get something, just kind of let it go. Cause yeah. Not. Yeah, dude. I will literally, like, I would go neon face chase if he <laughs> literally goes, if he's ever close. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I did tell him, I was like, you got, like, one solid month when I can start rolling again. Yeah. But after that, it's But after that, never. you're done. So you better go hard this first month when I'm back and, and, and can't breathe. <laughs> what you got, John? Uh, my one for the people is House of the Dragons, man. Oh, man. I'm, I've been loving it. Uh, I feel like so it's the good. best of what Game of Thrones, what I loved about Game of Thrones. Mm. And I cannot wait to see for it to go further. And all these sequels that are getting announced, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's getting a lot of excitement that came from the downhill so from the ending of Game of Thrones. So. They ruined it like they did that first... As long as as long as George R. R. Martin stays a part of God, things, I just don't so think you can good. mess it up. This season has been fantastic, and I've heard that he was the one who had the ideas for the Jon Snow sequel. So man, if he's here. the one pouring in the storyline, sign me up. Yeah, and oh man, it's and then this week we get the new the jump, the, the jump, the time jump. So I'm I'm excited, man. It, it's yeah. way better than the first season of Game of Thrones was. You know, the Game of mm-hmm. Thrones first season was really slow, and then didn't get good until. Maybe like the last couple episodes mm-hmm. somewhere in there. This like if it just keeps getting better. Yeah. So like I can't imagine where it is. If ends. you're interested in marriage though, I probably wouldn't watch these shows. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh my one for the people. Hey, She Hulk. I've heard I haven't watched it. I've heard bad things and neither of you said anything, so I'm assuming it's just as bad watched. as I've heard. It's not what you want ex- what you expect. It's gotcha. if people are watching it for like a Marvel like action thing. It's like a yeah. It's a lawyer comedy with someone who happens to be. I was thinking that I was like, I haven't heard either of these guys say anything, so it must not be that good. Well, he doesn't like female oriented stuff. So I don't <laughs> he doesn't. Uh, if it's good. Make it good. <laughs> I'll watch it. Oh, I don't really have anything this week, guys. Just come back next week, like I said for the episode. We will be here. I will not. John will not. I'll going be in Atlanta. Going on. Going to Atlanta. So I mean, there might be a hurricane though, so I'm kind of nervous. Oh jeez, enjoy that. Ugh. Me and Brandon will be here to hold it down, Daddy. That's right. With a boy Heisen though, we're still going three wide. Let's go. Let's go. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. peace. peace.